Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into Pandemic by Sonia Shah, a book that unravels the intricate dance between pathogens and humans in our interconnected world. Shah takes us on an enlightening journey from a single bat in China across continents, painting a vivid picture of disease evolution and the alarming facilitation provided by modern society. This book not only chronicles the dynamics of disease spread, but also poses a critical question. How do we halt the avalanche of the next global pandemic? In choosing to feature pandemic, we address the inquisitiveness of individuals deeply concerned about the future of public health and the potential for widespread disease. It's a must-read for those fascinated by the development of pathogens, as well as medical students aspiring to be at the forefront of disease prevention. Drawing from her well-received TED Talk on malaria, Sonia Shah, whose formidable commentary has enhanced the pages of the New York Times, Scientific American, and the Wall Street Journal, brings invaluable insight and urgency to the vital discussion on pandemics. With her expertise, Shah also enriches our understanding through her other works, such as Crude, The Story of Oil, and The Body Hunters. Join us as we summarize and reflect on Pandemic, a book that not only informs but also challenges us to take action. Stay tuned for an exploration of the microscopic threats we face and the macroscopic steps we can take to protect humanity's future. Pandemic, tracking contagions from cholera to Ebola and beyond. Introduction The looming threat of pandemics. Are we truly safe? Imagine living in a world where the threat of a cataclysmic pandemic feels as distant as the plague ridden history of the Middle Ages. It might seem that, with all our medical advancements and sanitation standards, we are insulated from such widespread peril. However, many experts in the field of epidemiology warn us that this sense of security could be a mirage. The reality is that, despite our progress, the planet could be on the cusp of a major pandemic event. To safeguard our communities and offer assistance to those in need, a deep understanding of how epidemics originate and expand is critically necessary. This narrative unfolds like a detective story, piecing together the puzzle of past epidemics and unearthing the often unexpected conditions that fueled their devastating impact. Discover along the way how the establishment of a financial institution played a role in a rampant cholera outbreak, the tale of a virus that traversed five continents within a mere 24 hours, and the unsettling historical fact that residents of New York City once consumed an alarming amount of human waste. As we journey through these stories, we'll not only reflect on the tragedies of yesteryear, but also arm ourselves with knowledge crucial for preventing future disasters. Let's embark on an exploration of the mysterious and ever-present danger of pandemics. Understanding them might just be our best defense. Part 1. From Distant Lands to Our Doorstep. The Origin of Modern Sickness. It's human nature to explore, to expand, to conquer new frontiers. But have you pondered the health consequences of our relentless spread across the globe? Our footsteps have left imprints in even the most remote and inhospitable corners of the earth, but those footsteps often disturb ancient ecosystems 
unleashing unexpected dangers. Consider the story of the Sundarbans, this expansive mangrove forest stretching across parts of Bangladesh and India was once avoided, deemed too perilous and cursed by Mughal rulers. Its labyrinthine waters were teeming not with mythical monsters, but with cholera bacteria, transported by tiny creatures known as copepods. In the 1700s, the East India Company disregarded ancient superstitions and descended upon these wetlands, transforming them into rice paddies. By the turn of the 20th century, the once shunned Sundarbans had nearly all been tamed by human hands. But this wasn't a conquest without casualties. The local waters, polluted with the cholera-infected copepods, became a vector for disease as the human population immersed itself in the contaminated tide. The bacterial invaders found a new home in humanity, mutating to form tails that enabled them to cling to the human gut and propagate. But the Sundarbans' tale is just one of many. Fast forward to 2003, and the flourishing wet markets of Guangzhou, China, offer another stark lesson. These bustling hubs of trade teem with wildlife, including snakes, bats, and more. Here, nestled among the cages, a bat virus began its insidious journey. It traversed the animal kingdom, learning to infect a myriad of creatures before finding its way into humans, eventually manifesting as the SARS pandemic. These stories expose a pattern. Our incursions into nature give pathogens the playgrounds they need to leap into our lives. As we've just seen, it takes just one adaptation, one moment of evolutionary luck, and an animal virus can transform into a human malaise. You might be wondering what happens next after that fateful leap. Stay tuned, because up next, we're unraveling how a local outbreak can spiral into a global catastrophe. Part 2. Expediting Epidemics our transport networks as superhighways for microbes. The advent of global travel has shrunk our world, making it possible to hop from one continent to another in less than a day. This marvel of modern transportation, however, is a double-edged sword. While it connects cultures and economies, it also offers a free ride to some of the most unwelcome passengers, infectious pathogens. To put it simply, Microbes have hitched a ride on humanity's coattails, using our pathways to extend their deadly reach. Consider cholera's cunning strategy to traverse the world. Initially, this pathogen couldn't leap from person to person. Its solution was ingeniously macabre, a toxin that induces diarrhea, spreading the bacteria far beyond its host. However, limited to close quarters, Cholera would have remained a local affair, if not for human ingenuity. The 19th century was a period of vast infrastructure development, including waterways. For the watery villain Vibrio Cholerae, canals were an express lane for pandemics, allowing it to flow freely and infect populations afar. Nowadays, air travel has outpaced all other forms of transport in connecting people, and unfortunately, germs too. The story of SARS is a vivid example. With the root cause unknown, movement of the infected was uncontrolled, turning a doctor's visit to Hong Kong into a global health emergency. The virus was dispatched via unwitting carriers, a doctor, a flight attendant, an ill traveler, to all corners of the earth. In the span of a single day, this new plague had reached five continents, 
airplanes and ships have turned our expansive planet into a small neighborhood for pathogens looking to spread. But it's not just about planes, trains, and automobiles. Our systems of sanitation, or lack thereof, play a critical role as well. Next up, we're diving into the murky waters of waste management and its role in aiding and abetting the spread of disease. Part 3. From Filth to Outbreak. The Peril Lingering in Human and Animal Waste. In the modern age, we pride ourselves on sanitation and the education of proper hygiene practices. Yet it's been a long, dirty road to get here, with history marked by grim episodes where the mishandling of waste invited disaster. Take a stroll through the streets of 18th century New York City and you'd find human waste omnipresent in the alleys, on the sidewalks, unwittingly consumed by the populace to the tune of two teaspoons a day per person. It's a grotesque thought, fit for a dystopian tale, yet it was the reality of the day. Manhattan's struggle with waste was exacerbated by the so-called water lots, swampy tracts along the shoreline turned residential. These lowlands were regularly inundated by the tide, which brought a noxious mix of seawater and sewage right into homes and, worse yet, the water supply. The cholera outbreaks that ensued, like the one during the drought of 1832, were both inevitable and devastating. Today the West has largely surmounted these particular challenges, but new dangers loom, specifically in the industrial farming sector. Imagine a landscape dominated by megafarms, their animal populations ballooning exponentially over mere decades. With this growth comes an avalanche of waste, creating cesspools where pathogens can multiply, mutate, and spill into the surrounding environment. It's not just those living in the shadow of these farms who are at risk. Contaminants can journey far from their source, so even grocery store produce might harbor invaders from these manure lagoons. This very scenario unfolded in 2011 when E. coli-tainted fenugreek sprouts from Egypt wreaked havoc across Germany, resulting in a widespread, severe outbreak. While we may have graduated from the waste-filled streets of yesteryear, the issue of how we manage waste, especially on a large scale, remains a pressing concern. But there's more to the story than just waste management. In the next section, We'll explore the role of urban sprawl and how our cities themselves can be breeding grounds for the next pandemic. Part 4. City Life's Hidden Dangers, The Perfect Storm for Disease The allure of the big city is timeless, skyscrapers reaching for the heavens, streets pulsing with life. Yet, this urban dream has its flip side, a nightmare scenario where overcrowding fuels the fires of disease. Imagine New York City in the 19th century a beacon for immigrants and dreamers alike. However, with the surge of new arrivals came the squeeze of humanity into overcrowded slums, conditions ripe for disaster. It is here, in this petri dish of human proximity, that we witnessed cholera flex its virulent muscles in outbreaks during 1832 and 1849. Fast forward to 2014, and it's the cities of West Africa grappling with a modern plague, Ebola. Like those historical cholera flare-ups, Ebola ravaged populations where people were packed tightly together. Why are such densely populated areas so susceptible to pandemics? 
The answer involves a trifecta of pathogenic advantages. First, when people are packed cheek by jowl, viruses and bacteria can leap from host to host with ease. Social gestures we take for granted, like a handshake or a hug, become unwitting weapons of transmission. Second, pathogens find a certain longevity in large populations. Where human hosts abound, diseases linger longer, outstaying their welcome and extending the duration of an outbreak, as witnessed with the 10-month aggression of Ebola in 2014. Lastly, density grants germs the audacity to be bold and aggressive. Where a swift kill might once have hindered a pathogen's spread in sparser settlements, the close quarters of urban life offer a smorgasbord of hosts, allowing these microbes to become more lethal without fear of dead-ending. Overcrowding in cities is a thorn in the side of public health, making epidemic containment a Herculean task. But the urban environment isn't the only hurdle. Up next, we'll venture into the murky junction where health intersects with politics and discover how corruption can exacerbate the proliferation of pandemics. Part 5. The Treacherous Intersection of Epidemics and Politics There's no denying the impact that governance and public health policy have on the well-being of a city. As New York City grappled with its cholera outbreaks in the early 19th century, it wasn't merely a lack of modern plumbing that was to blame, it was also political corruption. The stage was set when New York City found itself in dire need of a proper waterworks to prevent the frequent fires and provide fresh drinking water. Dr. Joseph Brown and William Weston had a sound plan with a valuation of $200,000. However, enter Aaron Burr, a state senator with his eyes set on reshaping the financial landscape, not improving water access. Burr recognized an opportunity. While Brown and Weston aimed to quench the city's thirst, Burr thirsted for power and monetary gain. Under the guise of public service, he proposed his version of the Waterworks Project, one that included the establishment of a bank, a direct challenge to his Federalist rivals. Investors poured $2 million into his vision, but Burr's actual commitment to Waterworks was paltry, only investing a fraction of the necessary amount. For over half a century, this underfunded system was a conduit for contaminated water, setting the stage for the cholera dramas of 1832 and 1849, while Burr ascended to the vice presidency. Political deception continued to plague public health centuries later. When SARS emerged in 2002 and 2003, the Chinese government imposed a shroud of secrecy over the outbreak, treating it as a matter of state security rather than a medical emergency. Whistleblowers faced threats of prosecution, and the World Health Organization was barricaded from vital on-the-ground investigations. Information eventually leaked, the internet being what it is. But by then, the virus was well on its way across the globe, the result of political obfuscation that obfuscated the virus's lethal march. Now, even with transparency and the best intentions, the medical field faces arduous struggles against the upsurge of outbreaks. In the next segment, we'll inspect why even in the absence of corruption, modern medicine still grapples with containing and neutralizing pandemics. Part 6. When Medical Doctrines Clash with Healing The annals of medical history are filled with trailblazers like Hippocrates, whose timeless oath reverberates in the halls of modern medicine. 
but the legacy of such figures isn't always so clear-cut. Sometimes, the very teachings that form the foundation of medical knowledge can impede life-saving progress. Picture the medical establishments of the 19th century, steeped in reverence for Hippocratic philosophies, even as waves of cholera patients suffered before them. Some pioneers, like William Brooke O'Shaughnessy, sought practical solutions, finding respite for cholera's victims in replenishing their depleted fluids through intravenous methods. O'Shaughnessy demonstrated this with a study using prisoners, yielding a dramatic drop in mortality rates. Yet the broader medical community balked, clinging to the notion that cholera arose from miasmas, poisonous vapors that, according to Hippocratic thought, brought forth sickness. The simple act of fluid replacement didn't align with their rooted beliefs, and as a result, countless lives were lost needlessly. One would hope such dogmatism has been left in the past. Yet the medical world today is not immune to its own form of rigid thinking. Enter the reductionist paradigm, the tendency to simplify complex health issues to singular culprits, like cholesterol for heart disease or pathogens as the universal agents of infection. This approach can lead to tunnel vision in medicine, with doctors focusing solely on a symptom and overlooking broader causes that might lie in the patient's environment or lifestyle. Communication between disciplines is often lacking, as evidenced by the 2014 Ebola outbreak. Though the virus had long been affecting apes, a disconnect between veterinarians and physicians meant this crucial piece of the puzzle was missed until the epidemic was well underway. In combating pandemics, it becomes clear that we must look beyond symptoms and singular causes and embrace a more holistic understanding of where disease comes from and how it spreads. Coming up, we'll explore how thinking outside the medical box can prevent the next outbreak from taking us by surprise. Part 7. The Skewed Lens of Disease Perception. Fear of the Foreign, Neglect of the Familiar. Picture this. News of a terrifying virus emerges, its origins distant, its name exotic and unfamiliar, Ebola. The year is 2014, and the world is gripped by fear, picturing this faraway scourge crossing oceans, reaching our doorsteps. In America, the dread is palpable, with the majority of the population anxious about an imminent invasion of the virus. Yet amidst the panic, is there a logic to our fears? Or are we ensnared by a collective hysteria? Governments and citizens alike were in uproar, unfolding quarantine protocols and travel bans, sometimes bordering on the ludicrous. Consider the teacher isolated for proximity to a health facility treating Ebola, despite being miles away from the actual case, or the blanket travel restrictions imposed by nations like Australia and Canada. Make no mistake, downplaying the potential spread of diseases such as SARS or avian flu is not advised. However, our preoccupation with the novel and the unknown often eclipses the threats closer to home, threats that are concrete, not speculative. Let's contemplate Lyme disease. Identified in the United States in the mid-1970s, it has since pervaded the entire country. Every year, Hundreds of thousands fall prey to this tick-borne illness, faced with debilitating symptoms and a challenging road to recovery. But the public alarm for Lyme disease pales in comparison to the fear of Ebola, 
despite the latter's minuscule threat by comparison? Why does our vigilance falter for Lyme disease when its dangers and prevalence vastly outrank those of a virus like Ebola in the United States? It is a stark reminder that our perception of disease is often distorted. The foreign terrifies, the familiar fades into the background. We overlook what has become part of our environment, fixating instead on the less probable, though more dramatic, threats. As we ponder future outbreaks and pandemics, re-evaluating how we respond to and prioritize diseases, both foreign and domestic, will be crucial. Final summary. Throughout human history, we have unwittingly nurtured and unleashed countless pathogens upon ourselves. The great migrations, the rise of metropolises, the advances in global transportation, all have opened doors for diseases to thrive and proliferate. Today, experts warn that the threat of a pandemic looms large on the horizon, a shadow over the future of our increasingly interconnected world. Understanding these invisible adversaries is not just academic, it is a matter of survival. The factors that have stoked the flames of past epidemics provide critical insights for the future. The congregation of masses in urban jungles, the environmental impact of our waste, the communication gaps within the medical community. These are but a few of the elements that play into a pathogen's hand. As we contemplate the prospects of a new pandemic, it becomes evident that our greatest weapon is knowledge, a comprehensive awareness of how diseases emerge spread and sustain themselves. It is through this understanding that we can devise strategies to stave off the next illness poised to sweep across continents. Awareness begets preparedness, and in the timeless struggle between humanity and disease, staying one step ahead could mean the difference between containment and calamity. In the narrative of pandemics, we're all characters, and the choices we make, individually and collectively, will shape the chapters to come. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.